What is up, man fam? Welcome to Mad About Movies. Uh, I am your host tonight, Brian Gill. Forced to host against my will because I missed last week's episode. Uh, that's that's the penance that you have to pay. And I understand. I, I'm not happy about it, but I but I accept I accept the punishment. Um, I'm here tonight, joined Hold by. Hold on, real quick. Everyone, guess where Ryan was on his vacation. Hit pause. Uh-huh. Four, three, two, and you were correct. You nailed it. <laughs> Congratulations. Disneyland this time, not Disney World. So maybe threw somebody for a loop. Disneyland, okay. Thailand. Got to change it up. Yeah, yeah. Just me. Uh, You're Disney. Thing. <laughs> You're bearing the lead, Brian. How was Chapek Land? <laughs> they changed the name to that, right? Like, they, they changed it to Chapek. Like, he's done more than Walt for uh-huh. us, so we'll just... <laughs> yeah, I, I spray-painted down with Chapek all over the place. So, just... Uh, just the, my, 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 and, and, and Disney, you know, so quick. So quick to clean things. I mean, it was gone immediately. Just like I had never even been there, but uh, <laughs> but I did my best. I did my best. Uh, those voices you hear are the the voices of Kent Garrison, and Richard Barton, uh, all three of us back together for a theatrical movie. Boys, it's been uh, it's been a minute. It's been a minute since since we've all been at the theater. Uh, tonight we're going to talk about the Woman King uh, and the sort of a, a, a historic epic. Starring the one and only Viola Davis, one of my three favorite actresses in the world. Very excited to. I was pumped for this, uh, guys. Let, let's let's start here. Um, anticipation level for this, Richard. Go to you first. Were you excited for this? Is this just another movie that comes out pre-Oscar season or uh, mm-hmm. somewhere in between? Interesting experience with this one. Uh, did not know it existed till like a month ago. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then was like, oh, that'll be cool. You know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. that seems interesting. But uh, yeah, it, and that's on me. I'm not blaming the marketing or the movie or anything. I just somehow some things miss you. Um, and that was that was one of mine. So yeah, three, four weeks ago, I'm watching something and that. And also like I just that time of year too, mm-hmm. I'm just watching so little television, like even mm-hmm. street, you know, street, anything streaming with commercials. Right. So I just don't see much. And so if it's outside of my algo, um, then I, I missed it. So I was like, ooh, that looks kind of cool and mm-hmm. interesting in that take on sort of a gladiator type film and, yeah, you know, a, a, a African, Ameri- you know, an African female uh, lead character and all that. So, yeah, it was cool. Awesome. Kent, what about you? Was this uh, was this high on the, the anticipation list for you or, or do you have a similar experience to Arby? Yeah, almost exactly the same as Richard. I I think I heard about this seeing a trailer for it. Maybe the last time I was in the theater, which was for Nope, when we did that okay. episode. Yeah, so yeah I think time. that's when I saw. I think it I too. saw You're the right trailer there. there and was like, oh, okay, uh, this this could be interesting. I'm 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 with Richard though. I didn't see it on TV really. Uh, it didn't come across my rhythm. Uh, Richard calls it an algo. I'll go with rhythm. Yeah. And then we we do a cool handshake in the middle and it combines <laughs> algorithm. Like Corey and Sean on Boy Meets World. Honestly, that should be a dance troupe where it's two <laughs> guys and algo and rhythm. And we have matching jumpsuits. I'm, I'm going to trademark that real fast. Real fast. Okay. All right. We're good to go. Good Across to go. the back. No one yeah. saw that. We just pop and lock. We're a pop and lock. Team K. We're all like binary jo- code clothes. <laughs> <Yeah>. you know? <laughs> On tonight's star search, it's algo and rhythm. <laughs> uh, you're not 
you're onto something there. I mean, it's not, not the worst <laughs> idea we've ever had on this on this podcast. There have been a lot of bad ones. <laughs> I'm with Richard, though. I didn't know about it, but honestly, when I saw the trailer, I, was, I thought, wow, okay, cool, late late summer action movie that, you know, that could be fun. It, it, I put it in the mm-hmm. category of, of all the others that we get this time of year. Uh, you know, Beast, The Meg, you know, just kind of, this is going to have some action. It's going to be entertaining and that's really the only thing we're trying to do and then i saw the movie Mm -hmm. and was like is this the best picture of the year Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. like i had that thought i was like it just took me by surprise like i didn't think this i expected this to be just like uh an action movie um basically and it has so much more than that and so yeah it it definitely took me by surprise won the weekend this past weekend a lot of lots of positive talk on it and um Excited to talk about it because yeah. this came out of nowhere. Yeah, it's cool. I this was one of those that was on the when we did the movie draft uh, back in February or March, whenever we did that. Um, there's always these movies that's like you see that at least for me when I look through everything, I see the title and I you know you have like a, a you know a two sentence descriptor of what the movie's about and maybe like who who's in the movie, but you're never quite sure if the movie if the movie's actually even going to come out this year you know um that that happens quite a bit with these things and is really becoming more and more frequent um uh, but i i had it on my i remember i had it had it on my my short list of, of movies to look into and eventually just said well i don't know that it's going to actually come out so we're gonna i'm gonna bounce out of that which you know <laughs> turns out all of our movies are you know <laughs> The ones we the ones we wanted to come out are yeah. the ones that have gotten pushed. The ones we've ignored yeah, are the ones that are coming it's, out. It's that's the way. That's the way it's it's kind of um, Brian. You'll you'll uh, you'll appreciate this. Who was the uh, who was the process GM? Oh, Sam Hinkie. Sam Hinkie. It's kind of a mm-hmm. Sam Hinkie thing with my draft strategy, where I draft <laughs> guys and then bench them for a year, mm-hmm, yeah, so I can continually yeah. get good picks, right, so that right. I can have a super draft. In years to yeah. come, where I have yeah. all number one picks, R- Richard's going to dominate the 2024 movie draft. So yeah, just be just, just be rolling ready. it forward. I'm being a real jerk to agents, though, and I'm not. I don't care about my fans. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, anyway, we we've got a VIP who's I'm not going to name because I don't I don't know if he wants his his uh, job out there, but he was he's part of the PR team for this. It was one of the one of the movies. So anyway, I he had told me, hey, this is coming. Blah blah blah. Um, and I was really excited because I love, I love Viola Davis. She's one of my favorite actresses. Um, and, and I thought when I saw this trailer, uh, back about a month or two ago, I was like, this, this looks like it could be really stinking good. And it got great buzz coming out of TIFF as well, which by the way, TIFF killed this year, man. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, all the, oh, the, yeah. the movies that dropped there, it seemed like almost our, our, our buddy Sean Blanford is there. Stuber Sean. Uh, was there and I mean every movie he was reviewing was like four stars basically and sounded sounded really great so uh, I'm really excited for what uh, the next three months have to bring that's for really us, so. become the the can Tiff of, rules yeah. of North America yeah. if we yeah. had any I mean I'm not a big uh, big film festival guy on that stuff it's just it's it's a lot of work and I think for all three of us you know the idea of seeing I love movies but the idea of seeing you know, 25 movies in five days or something yeah, is, is, is yeah. too much. Mm-hmm. But if we were going to go to one film festival, that's yeah, the one same. to me. I, I would much prefer to or go there versus proposal, or, yeah. We go to Sundance and we go to Con and we just don't see movies. <laughs> there we go. That's the yeah, other option just, too. We just yeah. do some hiking. Hit the slopes, yeah. baby. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> where were you guys? Oh, we were at Sundance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you see, uh, did you see that, that, uh, the new Aronofsky? No. No. Nope. No, uh, we went to those bars that Phil Dumphy randomly owns. There (laughs) (laughs) had a great time, though. Had a great time uh, overall. So, okay, let's let's get into it. Uh, Ken, I'm going to start with you. What are your uh, what are initial impressions on on the Woman King? I kind of got into it uh, into it just a little bit there. With I was just surprised at. I mean, obviously the marketing. You got to get people in the theaters. Uh, I mean, it, it came off like. This is John Wick with Viola Davis in Africa. That's mm-hmm. what it. It's what mm-hmm. it. It's what it felt like, and it, it is like that to an extent. And there's some pretty brutal action, but I mean, to me, this is this is a historical drama. You know, I mean, I put it in the category of 
of like a Braveheart or something sure. like that. I mean, it, it mm-hmm. really kind of does have that weight to it. And I mean, we never really see movies set in Africa that kind of tell it like it is. I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it makes people uncomfortable or, or, or what, like we don't get a lot of mainstream movies that deal with, with this stuff. I mean, we, mm. we had beasts of no nation. I think uh, that, that came across Netflix a, a few years ago and we have had mm-hmm. blood diamond and, and a few others that have shed some light. But um, I mean, this is something I had no idea about this, this woman tribe, the Agi Oji that actually existed. These women, <laughs> women warriors. I mean, I mean, it was fr- freaking badass. I thought the uh, training sequences were awesome. I don't know how historically <laughs> accurate they were, but I mean, they put them through hell if if that's the way it was. Uh, I mean, there's a great opening attack uh, sequence in it. Uh, you know, Viola Davis is decapitating people. I mean, it it, mm-hmm. it really pushed pushed me in. And then, uh, without getting into spoilers, I think the second and third acts really have a lot of weight, and it really yeah. keeps you invested, and it's well executed throughout. So. I was just surprised that, um, yeah, this was an action movie, but towards the end and definitely in the middle, it was, it was, I was very emotive, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. So yeah, uh, that's general thoughts. For sure. Richard, what about you? Same. I mean, I, I thought, you know, I'm kind, this is interesting because I was thinking about, um, oh shoot. Um, what was the Ridley Scott movie with Affleck and Damon last year? Forgot the title of it already. The Duel, Last Duel, Duel, Last, last Duel. Duel. Yeah. Pardon me. And I was thinking about how that did not do well because you know that's a hard movie to sell in modern times. It's not. Mm-hmm. There's no IP. There's not this stuff. And then also, it's just kind of tired. I mean, people have seen every version of white dude sword fighting yeah. um, that there is, and so it's got a really really be unique. Um, you know, something like the Northman this year, I think even, even though it did well critically, I think underperformed a bit commercially mm-hmm. and this really exceeded expectations. And I thought, um, it was, it was great because it was like, it's that same thing. Those, those epic historical violent, um, action epics, but with like, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you just change, maybe you just don't have white dudes or for mm-hmm. a while. And do it with different looking people <laughs> and it may be able to perform. And so like, yeah, you, it, the, the theater industry is, is struggling with things that are not IP or that are not, you know, comic books or something. Mm-hmm. And, but you can still make a decent amount of money with a kind of classic, maybe historical tale, but maybe the twist is that it's a new group of people in it and a new sure. geography represented and all these different things that are, um, that make things pop and appeal to not just like, I'm not saying like only, you know, black people went and saw this at all because that's not the case. So like, you know, even people that don't look up and and see themselves on the screen on some level um, are interested in it just because it's like, Oh man, I'm so tired of dudes that look like Matt Damon swinging swords at each other Mm -hmm. that this is so cool. And not to mention what it means representation wise and all that. So, um, yeah, I thought it was, I thought that was kind of my, I came into it just so interested in that. And then like, then none of that matters because it's super cool and rules and, mm-hmm. you know, the movie really executes outside of all of that. Um, and then you let all of that, those kind of macro forces, um, add layers and depth and, um, interest into mm-hmm. a, a plot, good movie. You know, and then you, then that's the thing we always talk about that, Brian, we, you and I, especially, I know Ken has two on the show, talk about that with comedy a lot. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you're funny and your jokes are good, it's great if you're, um, you know, your point of view is something I haven't seen before, but mm-hmm. first your jokes have to be right. good for everything that goes right. across everything. Right. If yeah. like, you know, I, I'm weird. I like, I like jokes <laughs> when it comes to comedy and like, um, you know, so some some comedian that's like all point of view, but their materials like C minus is not that interesting to me. But then if they can have great material and they have an interesting mm-hmm. new point of view, it's like a multiplier. Yes. You know, you go, oh wow, this is so cool. I've never seen this before. The material is great. I love where they're coming from. Their attitude's great. It's unique. Mm-hmm. And that's how this was. Like step one, 
total kick butt rock solid action epic thing uh and then the multiplier is and it features a cast that doesn't look like any other action epic so that's like sure. a 10 times multiplier yeah. and it's awesome yeah it's like partly let's get butts in seats but also we have to make sure this movie is good like you got to do both parts of that um and and i mean it like it made 19 million that's not a huge hit but i don't i the budget is going to be relatively low and i think it's around uh, 50 all in yeah and it's i mean i feel pretty confident at this point it's going to be at least a contender uh awards wise if not uh, I don't know. Fableman's looks like it's it may be the favorite coming. It doesn't. Regardless, it it definitely is going to be a player, and that's that's worth something too. Um, but I yeah, it, I I think you're right, Arby. It's it's. I want to see greater representation and and um, you know, different faces on screen, and and not uh Ben Affleck's mullet and stuff like that. Um, I think that's I think that's fantastic. But but you know. If the movie, then if you walk in, you're like, it wasn't great, but but the representation part was that it was great. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. really would love to have both parts of that uh, algorithm and that equation come together. Uh, and this, I think this one pulled it off really, really well. I had the same feeling, kind of Kent, as as you did. Where um, I think I think I I had a feeling, especially post Tiff, that this was as much as it is a historical action thriller kind of movie that it was, it does has have aspirations of being an awards player and whatnot. Uh, so, so I think I was, I was prepared for both aspects of that, but even still um, to have them both come through really well was, I'm not gonna say it's a nice surprise because there's a lot of talented people starting with, with uh, with Gina Prince by Bythewood, who's, you know, a very has always been a very good director and has, a great uh, sense of of what should and should not be in the on the on the finished print, and obviously all these really good actors and actresses and stuff. So, um, but to you know to have it all come through was uh, like okay, cool, awesome. Like this, this is what exactly what I was hoping it would be, and and more, more so uh, on both of those fronts of again like the actiony adventure kind of thing and the hey but also like we're going for oscars here too in 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 a good way i mean that in a good way not a uh you know green book oscar baity kind of uh kind mm-hmm. of way yeah I, i'm totally with you and you know you can you make a conscious decision i think as a filmmaker producer director writer it's like do we want entertaining or do do we want to say something mm-hmm. and, and usually you got to go for one of those <laughs> and I think they nailed both of those. This is an this Agreed. to me was yeah. an entertaining movie that said something. I think mm-hmm. if they had just gone for entertaining, I think the you're right, Richard. The setting and the originality of the um, place that it takes place in. I mean, it, you know, it's it's music and it's um, wardrobe and it's mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff that we mm-hmm. never really get to see on screen. And so that to me makes it appealing in and of itself. And then you add the action. But then, like I said, we get this great story of this young woman trying to, you know, enter the Ajioji. And uh, Nawi is her name uh, in the movie. And we, we sort of follow her character as this ancillary storyline in addition to our A story, which is uh, Viola Davis's general Naniska. And uh, by the way, uh, John Wick series starring Viola Davis, not the worst idea, too, that we've yeah. ever had. Can we get that going? <laughs> yeah. She's I'm awesome, for man. it. I, I love her. I think her. she could do I, it. Suicide so Squad movies too. notwithstanding, she's she's oh, always yeah. so She's good. the best part of those, though. I mean, yeah. she had so yeah. much uh, authenticity and weight to those movies, but that's mm-hmm. why she's uh, mm-hmm. they brought her back. But um, so, yeah, you, you have those two storylines, and- I guess we can get let's get into spoilers now. Yeah. Um, so go see uh, the Woman King. It's uh, highly recommended. But we're going to get into spoiler talk right now if you haven't seen it. Um, the way those two storylines intersect between uh, Viola Davis's uh, General Naniska and Nawi, I thought was you know uh, really effective, mm-hmm. and uh, how you have this familial relationship that you both want to 
embrace, but also kind of have to reject due to the circumstances. And um, uh, the way that it comes together in the end is certainly uh, emotional. I thought uh, the way Viola Davis battled that throughout the film was was great. Uh, you know, the the focus on your duty, but also having this familial drive at the end of the day mm-hmm. that, that is always there. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, that to me, I, I really enjoyed. And then you have this also the story of the uh, slave traders, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the fact that she kind of falls for one of these guys and one of these guys sympathizes her, uh, Malik. And um, I, I always wondered, guys, uh, you know, Malik, Jordan Bulger's the guy's name who plays Malik. Malik's uh, agent calls him. Hey, man. Hey, <laughs> you've been you've been killing it in these Crest commercials. Just want to say, <laughs> keep it up. But hey, man, got this. Uh, got that Sony, Sony. Uh, yeah. yeah, audition. But you're playing a uh, a slave trader. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know, I, I I always admire the person that's willing to take that on. Yeah, just because it, it is so appalling. I mean, Malik has a redemption story at the end of this, right? But I always am fascinated at the you know the Michael Fassbenders or those mm-hmm. types of people that are like, yeah, I'll I'll go to that depth. Yeah, there's a story um, that sort of an aside, well, quickly, but when when uh, when they were making 42, the, the Jackie Robinson movie, um, Alan Tudyk plays. I can't remember the guy's name anymore, but the Angels manager, who if you've, if you've seen 42, mm-hmm. the Angels manager, I'm th- pretty sure it's the Angels. He just, I mean, it's the most vile, reprehensible things you've ever heard. I don't heard. think He's it's just, the Angels just because I don't think they were around. Till yeah, the 70s. you're not right. Trying to, not trying no, to No, you're, you're right. I'm going to have to look it up now, but it, it doesn't, it, regardless. It. You continue. Okay. Whoever he's managing, he's, his whole bit is he's just, he's, I mean, to call it heckling would be seriously undersell. The Phillies. There you go. Yeah, the red, um, right? Yeah. Uh, he's, he's just going it was, after. It was Jackie Mike Robinson. Sosha. And he's just getting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hated Jackie right. Robinson. Right. Little known. They fact. played with time a bit. It's kind of a Tarantinoization. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Mike Sosha. <laughs> it's a bit anachronistic. Just sitting but, on the bench. You know, it's, yeah. <laughs> just. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't really trying to be that guy. I could just no. picture someone at home yeah. having it, some baseball yeah. idiot being yeah. like, Tim Salmon wasn't having any of it. Though. <laughs> yeah, Tim, Tim Salmon went over and was like, hey, shut it. We're, you know, yeah. we're, we're going to have some respect here. Same with Edmonds. So Alan yeah. Judick, like, did he walk <laughs> off the set? Was he like, this is too tough to do? Well, that's how I would the, be. The, I was like, this, I don't know if I'm going to say this on camera, you know? Well, the, that was some of it. But the deal was like, he, he was like, I, I can't go and meet Chadwick Boseman and then sit, just scream all mm-hmm. these terrible things at him. And so he like, he made a point, I can't, I'm kind of butchering the story, but he made a point of like, I'm not going to show up and introduce myself and be friendly to everybody and everything. He's just like, if I'm going to take this role and I'm going to do this, I'm going to come in, I'm going to basically come straight to set, do my, my terrible, terrible part. And then, you know, as soon as they yell cut, he's like, going to reconcile. Inc- I mean, yeah. just like over the top, go over and like, Hey, I'm so, so sorry. I, you know, and like, just really want to make sure that you understand that this is, you know, I know we're all both actors, but like for real, I, you know, this kind of thing. Um, yeah, I would imagine that when you get that call, you're like, who, I mean, this could be a huge break, but also yeah. do I want to be this guy? I mean, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough deal, especially I would think for somebody who's sort of new and, and kind of an unestablished actor. It's maybe a little easier for Fossbender to do it because it's like, I mean, you guys know who I am. I have an established, you know, track record and whatnot. Um, it's a risky play for sure. For sure. Um, but I think the, the, let's, let's spend a minute here on, on the acting. Cause I, I, Viola Davis is incredible and that's as well established. I feel like I love, love her and just about everything she's ever done. I think there might be three, four or five of the best performances I've seen this year just overall. I think, I think Lashana Lynch was great. Um, I think Sheila Atem was great. And then the, the, the young girl, um, Tuso Imbido, um, is, is the way to say that, I believe. She was incredible. And to, to hold so many scenes, um, kind of one on one with Viola Davis, one of the most respected actors of, of her generation, that's, 
that's an incredibly difficult thing to do for somebody who's who is young as she is. Um, but I, I felt like she came through in that beautifully. So really great performances overall, not just Viola Davis, I think, Richard. But what do you have anything to add on that or any thoughts there? No, yeah, no, there's a ton of great. I mean, that's what's it. You know, these things can be. We you, you mentioned kind of Green Book, um, where there's the Oscar bait of the entire macro idea of the film, mm-hmm. but there's also sometimes this thing where they really only think through the protagonist of these films, mm-hmm. especially yes. with an epic. They go, yes. "This person's going to be awesome. They're perfect." And then everyone else are kind of NPCs and, you mm-hmm. know, and what's interesting Braveheart, about this is yeah. it. Yeah. And what's interesting about this is that um, in, in assessment to, to the filmmakers and everyone and, and Davis is that uh, there's so many interesting characters, good and bad in this that are really bringing mm-hmm. it. She still rises above all of them because she's awesome. Yeah. Um, but she's in no way ever kind of. But yeah, you're right. There's a depth of cast here. There's a depth of the writing. You can tell these people really thought through flaws and all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just you know you're you're walking through like a in you know doom and shooting right. the bad guys. Right. You know. Yes. Yes. That's a really timely video game reference. I'm kind of hip. We're probably due for a reboot at this point, so you know. That'll be only if Louis Bowl comes back, right? Didn't yeah. he do the? No, he did. Let's see. He did alone the the dark one alone. Yeah, you're right. Alone. How dare I? It was on Andre Bartkowiak or something. Ah, something close to that. That's right. the one where they have the. Se- there's several sequences in Doom in first person. That was the revolutionary. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. Gosh. Or one scene, I think. Yeah. What a time! The the worst era of filmmaking, I think. Uh, still, still to this day. So, yeah, Richard, I think you're totally right. I it, this is the there's definitely a world in which this is a Netflix movie. The way things are going right now with with uh, with how movies get made. Um, and if this is a Netflix movie, the budget is eighty million. Viola Davis gets sixty of it. You know, and you're like, hey, it's good for her. She deserves the money. And then they they fill out the rest of the cast with uh, people who were, you know, rejected from their their high school drama class or whatever, and and we just try to kind of grin and bear it. And the script is written on a popcorn bag or something, and and it's it doesn't uh, doesn't really come through. But uh, I think there's kind of a there's a a holistic approach on this of let's get let's get everything right. Let's make sure that this is as good as it can be from the top from the, the actor at the top down you know, to um, you know, the, the last person on screen and, and make sure the script is good. I th- can't, you, you touched on the script, but I, I want to hit it hard. Cause I, I think this is a great script. Maybe, maybe yeah. the best script I've seen this year. It, uh, and maybe as much as anything, I was surprised by the, the amount of uh, little jokes that are in there without being jokey. Like it's not a jokey movie. Obviously you can't do jokey, jokey stuff in here. But there were multiple times through this where um, my theater was was had a you know a nice little chuckle and the the camaraderie between uh, all of these women comes through really well in the dialogue and mm-hmm. um, I thought the script ruled. I thought it was one of the best of the year. Yeah, I agree. And I thought the performance of uh, Sheila Atim was my favorite. She's so good, su- yeah. Supporting totally. uh, performance, yeah. she was she was fantastic. Uh, I will say. I, I, is something dumb to complain about? Mm. Bad poster, bad. Yeah, I, I don't know. Great. Like, like I think it feels it needs something more epic. It looks like a B Marvel movie or something like the. I don't know. It just doesn't doesn't have. It doesn't represent what this film really is. One, I, I don't know. I think the one that has the one that's on Letterbox that's just Viola Davis from like a profile with the sword uh-huh. is better than the one that's on IMDb, which like is the teaser kind one of a classic. Yeah. yeah, kind of the classic. Here's everybody standing here, kind of uh, t- uh, poster. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I, you're you're not wrong. I, I kind of like the one with Viola. Yeah, Davis, the one with her. Uh, the site. Yeah, that one's, y'all is not so that one's pretty cool with like the baseball bat uh, weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, her rain the begins. Yeah, that's that, fire. That's pretty cool. Um, I like that, but I, I feel like it deserves maybe uh, something more memorable. Uh, yeah, but uh, that's a uh, that's it's a, a small lost complaint. art, man. It's a lost art. I, just, I feel like most 
uh, posters at this point are are pretty trash, or or just trash is maybe too strong, but like lazy. You know, it all feels like it's it's just paint by number, click click click. Okay, here's your poster kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. There's there's a lot of uh, a lot of science behind that. Um, so yeah, other than that, um, about the scene with uh, Viola Davis. Uh, towards the end, kind of uh, near the conclusion of the of the third act, when she kind of goes back to Nawi, where she's talking about like the beast she's been trying to slave as herself. I thought that was mm-hmm. like her Oscar moment uh, scene mm-hmm. in the in the film, where yeah, you know, she's not trying to slay her enemy; she's trying to slay that person in her heart that's keeping her scared mm-hmm. or, or unwilling. You know, and sure. uh, that I love I love that moment and. Uh, that was a uh, probably uh, yeah her Oscar moment for me in the movie. I thought that, and I'll throw it to you, Arby, on this. I I thought there were a few of what Kent's mentioning those kind of Oscar moments, but I I thought that they were all uh, I thought they were all done within the scope of the movies, where they weren't like major outliers um, or that that thing where you're like, okay, here we go. You know, it was. Right. Or even just like, hey, I know there's going to be a few of these and you just, it's like spotlight, you know, where you just kind of have to be like, all right, yeah, he's, Mark Ruffalo is going to give this speech now and it's, it's a good speech. It's well done. It's well written. He's doing a good performance, but it definitely is the, all right, now we're trying to win the Oscar kind of thing. Um, I thought there were a few of those through this, but it was, I thought they were all pretty organic and felt uh, right for, for the movie and for the moments that they're, they're kind of encapsulated in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's fine to have to spotlight um, your performers and some of your writing. It's okay to have people speak outside of dialogue, you know, more monologue pieces. That's that goes back to Shakespeare, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not it's not a it's not always that, but it's you could always tell when it's done in service of the piece and done in service of all these other factors, awards being the biggest. This Mm -hmm. didn't feel um, any way to exploit that to me, at least, um, it felt, everything felt within the narrative, within the story, within the characters. Um, it didn't feel, you know, it didn't. And a lot of that though, I thought was like, um, not a whole lot of unsettled music cues, which is like the number one way to have those moments. Yeah. Um, you know, you can have, you can have the same, I love John Williams, but you don't even use him in a bad way, but like you can have, the same scene, everything, directing, acting, everything, and you set mm-hmm. something that's really kind of on the nose in the wrong moment. On the nose works sometimes. Sure. You know, the Imperial March needs right. on the nose, right. right? But but sometimes it's not when it's this kind of emotionally conflicted moment. Mm-hmm. And you could score that two different ways and have you can have people laughing in the aisles at how bad it is or weeping and and uh yeah, this this hit all those notes. No pun. Intended. Now over to you guys. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I thought that was a great moment that you mentioned, Kent. Um, the sequence where she leaves the the palace on her own to go track down her, you know, her kid and everything, and then when she turns and the whole rest of the group is following behind her, that was that was one of those. That to me, as somebody, who, you know, we watch a hundred plus movies a year, and you see all this, you see that kind of thing coming, um, you know, a minute or two at least before it actually happens on film, and you, you kind of have this, this. It it either works or it doesn't. It it's either an eye roll or it's for me, it's like an emotional pull of like, oh, okay, that. And this was this was the latter. It got that. I th- I felt like it got that that sequence perfectly right. Um, mm-hmm. And then you have a you know a few more along the way, but that was the one where you're like, all right, yeah, let's do this. Like, great combination of emotion mixed with this is pretty baller, actually. Like they're about to go wreck wreck these people, and uh, it was a, it was a cool cool sequence to me. I and there was, was one better. shot in the in the movie where I think it was like a big tracking shot with her like running across the desert and mm-hmm. all this music yeah. playing, and then it pans back, and there's all these people like following her. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, what it was yeah. maybe 20 yeah, minutes yeah. in it was right. sick uh mm-hmm. one one last note that i had is this gave me notes of like magnificent seven or like 300 you know, where you've got you know just yeah a team of people trying to band together to face impossible odds mm-hmm. you know or, or their inevitable 
demise. And mm-hmm. so it had that kind of team up aspect to it too. Not only just focusing on her character, the woman King, but it also had this uh, kind of ensemble dynamic too. that yeah. I really enjoyed. No, I totally agree. It has some of that. It has like a little bit of um, like real like epic mixed in there too. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, there's some kind of, um, I don't know if Lawrence of Arabia is the right pole, but like it does have this, uh, as, as, it doesn't get too deep into it. And it's, it's only a two hour movie versus an epic, you know, usually ends up being something that's closer to three or more. But, mm-hmm. but there are some shots that, that feel, uh, like something that would come out of, of a, of a great epic as well. And yeah, I, I, so I'm with you. Ken. I think it, it, it has notes of, of, uh, various genres kind of mixed into it's not here trying to be, Braveheart or Gladiator or trying to tell an important just tell an important story or whatever it is mixing all those things together and gosh it's done or trying to be an action movie or trying to be an Oscar movie it was just trying to be a good movie I think at the end of the day I I think I think you're right I think I think the the end goal is to um, make a great movie and tell an important story through the, the course of that but it's it is a I'll be honest I think there's a higher level of difficulty here to mix everything together the way it came up came out um than i anticipated going in like i said i thought i I was gonna enjoy this i was excited for it coming in um especially once we saw the the buzz coming out of tiff and whatnot but even still i i think it was i think i underestimated the the level of craft that we were going to get um as far as as putting together a, a seamlessly done really uh jumping around or 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 mix of genre kind of film that's a hard thing to do also, one hundred percent female crew, directed, mm-hmm. yeah. screenplay, yeah. cinematography, produced, starring. Um, John Boyega yeah. is along for the ride, but uh, John Boyega was great in this too. Yeah, he was. Way. It's he was cool. Good, I mean, yeah, he's cool. got. Yeah, it's cool to see him break out of Star Wars, but it, se- it sounds like. He's going to come back for Star Wars. It sounds like they mm-hmm. Ryan yeah. Johnson wants to round back up that crew and do another trilogy with them yeah. at some point. But uh, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, for sure. I'll be down for it. Last thing I want to talk about, uh, touch on at least, was the the fight choreography and the, I, which I thought was really good. That's not usually my. Um, that's not a make or break thing for me. Usually, for the way it is for some people, I don't. I don't super notice. You like that it more dancey. You like that kind of Fred Astaire fighting. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, if you're not snapping your fingers, mm-hmm. like not not super interested in this. <laughs> Fred uh, Astaire. That's what Winter Soldier really needed more than anything. That elevator was a, a little, little little jazz. Yeah, we'll keep this going. Absolutely uh, needed to be uh, need to be better on that. But uh, not trying to relitigate the Northmen because I don't want to deal with that. But you do. <laughs> I thought that was a major flaw in that movie was how terrible the the fight choreography was. And then this was the exact opposite of that. I thought it was very, very well done, especially in the big battle sequence uh, towards the end when they uh, sort of sabotage and and attack the Oya tribe. And then the final sequence when they go into the town to to destroy it. I thought that stuff was very well done and. Um, I don't think I think it could have been pretty bad and I still would have really liked and, and dug this movie, but it was kind of a cherry on top to me of all right, sweet. We got this right too. Awesome. We're we're cruising right along here. So I thought that was a an impressive feat. So Yeah, agreed. That's all I've got. You guys got anything else? Or are we ready to grade this thing? I'm ready. That's a great. Sweet. Uh can't you first, my friend. And I'm right between an A and an A plus. I think I'm going to go A plus. I mean, it's wow, a nice. great, great historical drama, great family drama, big mm-hmm. action, big stakes, good romance on the side. It's original, mm-hmm. great performances, and uh, you know it's well paced. Great third act. So mm-hmm. and under two hours or, or right around two hours. So I'll give right that. Around, yeah. So yeah, A plus. Okay, yeah. RB. Yeah. That two hour, I love a two hour epic. Those, as you mm-hmm. mentioned, Brian, are few and far between. So that mm-hmm. bumps it up. Love the movie. That bumps it up. Love the originality of it. That bumps it up. I, you know, it's like I'm not quite ready in September to start handing out A pluses because that's normally mm-hmm. what we do in, in November. I've only given out one this year. I think, I think Top Gun in might January. be my only one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think you might have convinced me. I think I'm going to go A plus as well. Um, it's like, where's yeah. the flaw? You know, 
Yeah, I know you're <laughs> right. I'm trying to think of what's wrong. There's really absolutely not a note wrong in this. So yeah, yeah. I will say, um, just to be contrarian, if this is the best movie of the year, then this year is a little disappointing. This should sure. be like the fourth best movie of every year. I can see that. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? I think so it will it's still be. still an A plus because I, I like mean, to give you know, A plus in, in the top. Yeah, we're in September, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I th- but I mean, if they're picking 10 at the end yes, of the year, I think this like should it, definitely it, it be should, nominated. It should probably be I'd be, be shocked if it's so, not. If there's, yeah. if again, if it's, if there's 10 better movies of this than this this year, it's a right. great year. For so sure. Take yeah. the positive sure. spin yeah. on it. But yeah, this would be. I hope this is like in my top five, but I hope it's not my number one, which sounds jerky. Just, but I think most of that's just because it's already September and I want things to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, I, I don't that, know for sure, but uh, but yeah, but A plus. You're right. Awesome. Yeah, it's A plus for me as well. Um, this is. I feel you know I keep my my letterbox list through the year. Uh, Brian Gill on Letterbox. If you want to follow along, I know Kent has one as well. Yeah, you can Refuse find me at Sean Fantasy. <laughs> That's my handle. Um, I, I, I'm not sure where exactly. This is a. There's three movies at this point. This being one of them. The and plus Top Gun Maverick and and everything everywhere all at once. Those three movies, I feel pretty confident. I'm not going to see ten movies that are better than that this year that are going to bump it out of. And if I do, kind of your point, Richard. If we do, we get to the end of the year and the Woman King's not in my top ten. I'm going to feel. Like we had a, a hashtag blessed year, so um, I feel pretty confident that those three are are gonna are gonna make the list for sure. And then everything else from there, you know, it just it kind of depends on on what the rest of the year is like. What's uh, but this ruled? Um, I every person, I, it's it's not the same as like you know I don't know whatever a, a Spider Man movie or something where every single human you know has has gone to see it. But I've had five or six people who who went to see it over the weekend reach out to me and say, "Man, I love this. It was so good." Had an A plus cinema score, which never happens. I mean, that's such a rare, a rare thing to uh, to have that take place. Um, yeah, it's it's great. I hope that this is a you know October is going to be brutal, unfortunately, but I hope that this is sort of a, a harbinger of things to come for uh, for November and December as we you know get into these the real Oscar movies. But this this was great and it was it's an easy recommend too. Um it's very, very well done and uh and easy to appreciate and enjoy. So awesome. Three A pluses. That's great. That's great, man. Let's let's hope this is uh this is a sign of things to come uh in, in the fall and the winter. That'd be that'd be awesome to have a few episodes where we're all really stoked about uh, a movie. That'd be good after yeah. the, the last couple of years we've had. That'd be awesome. Cool. All right. Well, uh, before we get out of here, let's uh, let's stop down. Let's do a quick weekly recommend. Weekly recommend. Richard, I'm gonna go to you first, my friend. What's uh, what you got for the VIPs and the non-VIPs out there? In yeah, I've, I've got a fun little travel book. One of my favorite. Um, Rick Steves. DFW. <laughs> yeah. Rick. <laughs> yeah. Rick Steves. <laughs> um, Cincinnati. Um, no, it's uh, one of my favorite kind of fun travel books a couple years ago was was Vacation Land. I don't know if I recommended it by John Hodgman. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, he did those books a couple years ago of like fake facts and things like that. No, we're talking 10 years ago, probably more. Um, I never liked those and I never really liked him. <laughs> then for some reason, I read this book he wrote about like restoring this vacation house in the in New England somewhere, this little old beach house. And it was just really funny and good. It was like a really good use of his comedy. And then he has this book out as well, which was a fun little audible and, and read, which is Medallion Status um, by John Hodgman. And it's just a bunch of little funny essays about travel. Not like, hey, this airplane food is terrible, but just all the little nuances and things about travel. And it's just a great, it's a great summer read. I understand we are in two days. We'll be in fall. So, you know, got some homework, everyone, not but, in Texas. Uh, not in Texas. but John Hodgman medallion status. Um, it's a, he, yeah, he's a really good essayist. I'm, I'm, he's becoming one of my favorite kind of comedic essays of that kind. And, uh, I've always liked, liked him as a person. I just never really thought he was that funny. And now I, now I do things nice. change. Very nice. Very nice. I like that. I like that. I'll check that out. You're a PC Can't. now. Uh, PC guy now, though. So that's why. Mm, mm, true. 
That's true. <laughs> Kent, what about you, man? What's your I'm going to recommend a documentary that I watched. We're on Denzel. Perspective year. So, you know, we're talking a lot of Denzel on the VIP feed this year. Subscribe for those conversations. But one of the ones we're not talking about is a documentary that he was a part of called Chasing Train, the John Coltrane documentary. Mm. And he uh, does some voiceover work as John Coltrane in it. But uh, John Coltrane, you know, I'm, I love jazz, Richard. You love jazz. We were talking about this the other day. Uh, you know, I love all, all things John Coltrane, Miles Davis, uh, Bill Evans, all those guys. And this is, I, I would consider it the definitive Coltrane doc. I mean, I guess there's a few others out there, but uh, it's 2017 pretty recently and a lot of stuff in there. Big, good retrospective of his uh, his whole deal. So uh, check that out if you like Denzel and like jazz. Uh, Chasing Train nice. is the documentary. Very nice. Very nice. Not to be confused with the one you and I made years ago about when we were. It was about Train the Band. It was called Hey Soul Sisters. Well, we followed, we old school hoboed on trains following Train the Band on tour. Yeah. And so we were training train. Yeah. We -hmm. we were jumping on old freight trains um, across Mm -hmm. the US and just, and crashing venues. And we had, Uh we'd cook, we'd cook old hot dog wieners and stuff on the, Mm -hmm. on the train cars and all that. And, uh, and then go. Um, drop Jupiter all around the world. So check now, that ironically, out. Ironically, well. that is how you met Virginia, though. <laughs> it is. It's weird. It is. Uh, uh, go ahead for your recommend, wow. uh, Brian. <laughs> That's that was a good one. That was a good one, Kit. Um, I'm gonna recommend a book. I am. I was hoping I was gonna have it finished before. Uh, he three. <laughs> yeah. I've got about thirty minutes left. Uh. It is uh, Stephen King's most recent book. It's called Fairy Tale. Um, I'm not a huge Stephen King reader. I I I love Stephen King. We made him an American Treasure at some point, and uh, and deservedly so. Um, I th- but I've I've said many times. I think that his uh, I think that his non horror stuff is his best stuff by a, a pretty wide margin, and and that some probably has some to do with I'm just not I don't like horror horror stuff so. Um, I'm sure that's part of it, but his short stories are great. And the, the book that on writing that he wrote, uh, sort of his, his memoir, um, uh, training guide at the same time, I guess was, is incredible. One of the, one of the best books I've ever written. But, uh, anyway, this one fairy tale just came out a couple of weeks ago. It is, it is like an epic fantasy. It's not horror-y or, or anything like that. Um, so it's, it's, if that is a concern to you, the listener, um, with Stephen King, there's, there's none of that in this. Um, and it, but it's, it's so well written. It's so, it's very well done there. I'm doing audible and the reader is great. Um, he kind of has it. The approach is more like stand by me. Like it, it feels similar to the narration on, uh, on stand by me. And, but then the story is big and epic and, um, has, has a lot of tie-ins like part of the 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 book is is sort of uh sort of tying in great fantasy and science fiction and whatnot from the last 100 years or so uh you know there's like references to Ray Bradbury and uh and the Wizard of Oz and uh you know even up to like Toy Story and stuff like that there's a whole bunch of that stuff that's that's sort of inspired by this land or this this world that this guy is in is inspired by um and then also just sort of the the classic grim fairy tales and stuff are are worked into it but it's great 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 audible highly recommend the audible on that um but uh, I I've I've really enjoyed it it's one of the better books that I've that I've read this year so Check out uh, Stephen King fairy tale, um, even if you're awesome. not a typical Stephen King reader. So the uh, um, his output is unbelievable. Yeah, what does he have? Two books a year? It seems like I mean, something. And he's not like it's a Patterson incredible. where he's more brand than right than author. Right. Have you seen? I can't. The, ima- yeah, uh, I can't imagine that they're all that good, but they're at least well written. I mean, you know how he is. It's not. It's not. Uh, like you said, Richard, it's not the same as Patterson. I think that's why you moved to Maine, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a whole lot to Definitely. do. Yeah. You got a lot of time to write, for sure. Have you seen the uh, 
YouTube. I guess it's on YouTube. I don't know what it was for, but the the uh, convo between him and George R. R. Martin. No, they like interview each other. <laughs> George R. R. Martin's just like, "How do you write so damn fast?" So <laughs> yeah, he's. I mean, like I said, on writing is is truly. It might be the best book I've ever read on the the kind of creative process. Like whatever creative field you are in, or trying to get in, or hobbying, or whatever. Um, it's it's worth reading. He he does a great job of just kind of laying out. All right, here's what I do. It may not work for you, but this is what I do, and and here's some of the things that I've learned along the way. It's it's really fantastic um, on that front. Oh, and this book is all it's already gotten option uh, as a movie. I was gonna say so, this one will be option Paul Greengrass any yeah. any day now. I'm sure. Yep, yeah. already happened. Paul Greengrass is the director. Oh, Kent's um, out. Shaky cam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't do it, man. Yeah, yeah. He's the yeah. king. See, he's an interesting choice for this. It's I. I don't know that Paul Greengrass would have been the the name that jumps to mind as I'm reading this book of like who should adapt this, but could be interesting. Could be interesting, but it's really well done. I, I think uh, I think a lot of our listeners would enjoy it. Maybe you guys as well. All right, that'll do it for us this week. Thank you so much for being here and listening to Mad About Movies. If you like what you heard and you're just like, gosh, I got to have more of that. I don't know what's wrong with you, but we'd sure love to have you come over to the VIP feed at madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. Jump in there, join that for as little as five bucks a month, uh, and it gets you access to an additional episode every single week. All kinds of fun swag, and then maybe most importantly, access to our very highly exclusive Discord, uh, where you can talk to dozens, if not hundreds, of movie fans all around the world just like you, and you rarely have to hear from us, which I think is a huge perk as well, uh, but we'd love to have you join that and and be a part of our family over there, madamoviespodcast.com slash VIP. Next week, uh, we'll be back with a review of... Oh man, don't worry, darling. Woo! Excited about that. I think our friend Ellen may be joining us for that one. So be on the lookout for that. And in the VIP feed this week, we'll be talking about David Fincher's uh, The Game. And next week, we'll be doing the latest, the sixth installment of our Denzel Washington retrospective. Thanks for being here. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. We'll see you in the same. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya yeah, yeah. salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.